and welcome to Won't You Sing With Me, a podcast by me, Camille Harris from the Silly Jazz Band. Join me as I talk to fellow children's musicians about their work. Why do they make children's music? What's important about it? What makes a good children's song? What is different between a kid's song versus an adult song? And why do they do what they do? This is a podcast for fellow children's musicians, as well as educators and parents. But little ones can listen as well. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy the conversation. Today we're talking with Mr. Boo Daddy, also known as Jeff Fiennes. Mr. Boo Daddy had dreams of pursuing the life of a professional musician in his youth, but eventually life happened as he completed graduate school, took on steadier jobs, and dedicated himself to his family. But no matter how much he settled into his new lifestyle, he never lost his love of music. When he had his first child on December 29th, 2018, his son Hendrix, named after Jeff's all-time favorite musician and guitarist, and found the inspiration to reignite his musical career. This time he focused on creating music for and about his son's experiences as a developing toddler. He's released multiple records, including The Hendrix Experience Year One, Pat Your Belly Like a Hippo, Trash Truck, Daddy Skeleton, and most recently, No Bear Popo's on the Couch, as well as a banger, Don't Put the Baby in the Basket. I just listened to that. <laughs> uh, his music is fun and inventive. So welcome to Won't You Sing With Me, Jeff. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, thanks for doing this. It's it's great to talk to you. Okay, so I fell into children's music. I was a jazz musician in the city. I don't have children yet, so I just started because I was working with kids. And I had I was also a stand-up comedian. So I had a comedy album of songs called mm-hmm. Silly Jazz that I released. And they were songs, they kind of absurdist, silly things I would do like after a set or something. The only thing I would do that. And I did all over the city. I was a stand-up for eight years. Nice. And like one of them is the monster in my bed and being in love with the monster. One of them is um, Muffin Man <laughs> being in love with the Muffin Man. So these were I, kind of adult-themed versions of these songs. But they're actually wholesome enough that they translated really easily to children's music. And so I just get switched and started performing these songs for little kids. And I got into the Brooklyn public library system and it just became like kind of a steady thing for me. And I just happened to start doing it, you know, and it was just, as I performed, I learned things about what kids liked and, and just got more and more into performing. I'm a jazz musician. So I, I grew up listening to jazz. I I'm, I mean, there were some, of course, Safi is always amazing. And <laughs> I grew up listening to some kids' music, but primarily I would listen to Pat Metheny, the jazz mm. guitar player, and I was really into jazz. So, you know, I, I so I got to college. I had never even heard um, that famous Journey song. Don't Do Stop Believing? Yeah, I hadn't heard that to college. <laughs> so I had this very different experience with music than a lot of people. My husband is really into rap and also into like rap rock. Nice. He just went and saw Limp Bizkit actually oh, cool. um, in, in, in New York. And and he knows like everything. And, and we go to this pop punk karaoke. It's really fun. Uh, but I don't know. I've learned the songs now from running rock and roll camps with kids. But I, mm-hmm. I truly, this genre... Like this kind of you know rap rock kind of genre that you dabble in and and mm-hmm. rock music genre is is actually very new to me. I also think it's not really a genre that uh, a lot of little kids have access to, just because it's such an yeah. adult themed genre. You know, they might hear it in the background, but not everyone's playing Rage for their kids. You know, some people yeah. are, and that's all <laughs> rock and roll. Come on, whatever. But like, I, I think that it was something that a lot of people just don't play for their kids, and so I I see your music as this really interesting way to introduce kind of this genre 
of oh, cool. the kind of hard rock, like heavy yeah. metal kind of almost and rap rock. And uh, sometimes like almost trap, like this, it, it, you have a mix <laughs> of all these genres that are kind of deemed adult that now are accessible for kids. Hmm. Um, cool. in my opinion, like the way that it, it seems like you present that. And so mm-hmm. basically, I guess I'm interested, I have an idea of based on your music, what you might, your answer to this might be, but the point of this podcast is for me to kind of pick the brains of my fellow children's musicians to say kind of what, what do you think makes good kids music? What is a children's song? What was the process of really coming up with those songs initially? And, and I guess like, yeah. what is children's music to you? What is your children's music and, and why are you making it? Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that perspective and on my music and yeah, I never really thought of it as a way to introduce kids and, and toddlers and preschoolers and babies to the rack, the rock and the rap world. But uh, that's, that's really cool. I appreciate you pointing that out. My perspective when I was creating my music one uh, is as an experience uh, of being a dad, like I felt there was something missing from how my son was feeling and looking at the world and interacting with the world. I felt like there was just something missing in kids' music that wasn't really representing what was authentically happening for him. And how he saw the world through his own personality, his own eyes as a developing infant and toddler and preschooler. And uh, and so, I, one, I thought that was missing. Two, I wanted to do something fun and engaging with music as well, something to combine my influences, which, you know, in the melting pot type way, felt kind of represented his personality and his attitude. Like, he... He wasn't maybe like the typical, uh, I mean, I don't know if this is true or not, but like the typical baby, they wanted just the traditional kids music. Like he's, he had a different kind of <laughs> personality, like a sense of humor, like a sense of determination, just, just, it just seemed different. Or maybe it's that was so my own cute. projection of me just thinking the world of this little baby like this baby's a little badass like this his name's Hendrix he's gonna change the world he's an innovator he's a creator like we he needs something special like you know, because maybe like, he's the best baby <laughs> yeah as you say the and then we were just having fun like we, we joke around a lot and and we listen to a lot of kids music and some of it we liked and some of it also just you know made me think well hey you know if they can do that and that's out there, I can do something too. Let me put my spin on it. Let me fill this gap that I think is missing. Let me put some edge to it. Let me put some authenticity to it. Maybe do it from if like this little baby could write a song or this little toddler could write a song, like how would they do it? Not necessarily like from the perspective of a parent or a teacher and saying, Hey kids, here's what, you should be learning and doing and here's how to think about this and that but no like if this baby could write a song what would it sound like (laughs) what would they say you know what would they want to hear what's catchy to them what's their attitude what's their personality how do you bring that through and for my son it just happened to be what I felt best represented him was like 
this hip hop, funk, rock, eclectic mix of things. <laughs> Have you shown him Limp Biscuit yet? Yeah, no, I mean, Does it was kind like of it? funny. He likes that kind of stuff. I mean, he likes anything with a beat, uh, like a funky kind of hip hop. Like beat. Beastie he Boys? Loves, he loves Beastie Boys. He loves oh, yeah. funk. He loves guitars. He loves just rock. Uh, he loves high energy stuff. Yeah, he actually likes a lot of classical and jazz too. And um, I mean, I'm not a classical musician, so that didn't come out. But but um, but yeah, like it was cool when you were mentioning Pat Metheny. Like my experience, my influences are rock and jazz and pop. I played guitar in a lot of different bands growing up, from my own original bands to classic rock covers, the modern rock cover bands. I was in the jazz band growing up playing guitar through middle school and high school and in college I played jazz, got into classical guitar in college. But uh, like everything, every band I've been to has always been like a melting pot of things and just like what's coming out to try to capture the moment. What's the energy? What's the right vibe? And uh, yeah, just like <laughs> coming from my son's perspective, it felt like, okay, yeah, this is the right vibe. He likes the, the beat he likes the dance he likes the move he likes the energy he's got non-stop energy he's very active <laughs> and so it's just these songs is just they just kind of come out that way right like it's, he's that's his personality that's how he's seeing the world that's his developmental phase so it kind of has to be hip-hop funk rock crazy stuff like unexpected twists and and things like that it can't be the doop 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 doop, you know, like the happy, positive, traditional kids' music stuff, which is which is fine and great. It has to be like boom, in your face. Here it is. Let's go. What's happening? What's next? <laughs> so, looking at the timeline, it was around 2018, 2019 that you kind of started because that's when he was born. Yeah. And in my, you know, just experiencing experience of witnessing the Kendi, you know, kids' independent music scene. I, that's kind of the time where the innovation really starts to take off within that community. Mm. It, it, from what I see, you know, I see that there, you know, there's a big push in 2020 to be like, Hey, can we get other music like represented for like the Grammys, yeah. but not even without the award shows, you know, there's start, I've noticed just in the Facebook groups and, you know, on, on Instagram that there's kind of been this big push to prioritize different music, like say like what you make or what I make. And because mm -hmm. folk music, which is amazing is also not for everyone. And therefore it's not mm -hmm. for every kid, you know, so uh, providing this other type of this other genre. Um, now, you know, there's other people who make mm. rap music or well, alphabet rockers are really big yeah. right now. You know, that tribe collective released that album, uh, mm -hmm. Pierce, Freelon released his, you know, R&B, really beautiful couple of albums. And so there's these, there's starting to pop out these people that are creating mm -hmm. this different type of stuff. And so I think your music kind of fits right in with that innovation that was happening during that time. I don't think you were the only parent in 2018 mm -hmm. going, okay, I see a lot of corporate children's music. Yeah. I see a lot <laughs> of, you know, you know, annoying Caillou whining everywhere. I, I don't see <laughs> this empowering and different yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I want to kind of expand the palette of what is creative yep i got into kids music just playing my songs and maybe 2014 just performing it but i didn't release my album till 2019 mm. you know and i was striving to provide a jazz album 
something that was, yeah. you know, kind of pop jazz with kids songs, but some of my songs on there are just, they're, they're just about, they're just jazz songs. I mean, I, yeah. they could have easily been on one of my adult jazz so- songs, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's just interesting that this, that your stuff is coming around the same time as the, the scene. Like, who do you know within the children's like kindy world? Like who have you connected with? Who, yeah. What music does, what does Hendrix like? Like just to recommend to me even, you know? Yeah. Well, we liked Casper uh, baby pants a lot. He was cool to connect with and, I think I heard him and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this guy I used to listen to his regular band. Right. <laughs> and, oh, that's cool. He's doing this now. Interesting. And that kind of sparked my exploration a bit. We we listen to mostly regular music, mm-hmm. uh, but he does like. He really likes sing too. <laughs> he likes those songs, oh, those yeah. different renditions. Those are fun That's covers. They're so ones. good. Sing too is great. Yeah, <laughs> I watch really it with my cool. campers every summer. Yeah, he loves that. And um, like we always introdu- introduce him to a lot of music. There's a couple of these books. Can't remember whose the publisher is, but there's like a book that's like the history of rap, history of rock, history of pop. They're like these little board picture books and cute illustrations and you know, they'll show like the Beatles or Rolling Stones or the rap one. It's like Missy Elliott and just like the evolution of rap from when it originated and where to more modern day artists. And so we got those books early on. And when we would read those to him, I'd always show him like a little YouTube music video clip if it was appropriate (laughs) or just like play the actual song for him. And he really loved that interactivity. And I could see what he gravitated to and why. Like early on, he he really gravitated towards Mick Jagger <laughs> and like this this, you know, sympathy for the devil performance on YouTube where he's dancing around, shrieking and shrilling, and he's taking off his shirt. And that <laughs> that was he was he always thought that was so funny, like, oh my gosh, he's getting DT which is what she used to call like when people are getting naked and he thought it was so funny and he'd request that. And he loved just, uh, you know, like just different. It was cool to see who he liked the best and who was most requested and what he liked about. And we'd always talk around, Hey, what do you like about this? Or, you know, listen to that, listen to that instrument. Here's check this beat out or here's what she's saying or he's saying here. And uh, so it was just like a fun book reading, musical, interactive experience that we would do with Hendrix. And that informed a lot of um, kind of what I would write or create. And then just, yeah, we're always listening to a lot of music, a lot of different genres, just kind of a random shuffle playlist. So I always just pay attention to what he liked most, what was getting his head bobbing, what he wanted to hear again. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then he just kind of got into music. Like we got him little drum things and guitar things and harmonicas and shakers and little keyboards. And music's always been a really big part of his play and just how we spend time together. And he always just like really liked loud, hard hitting, catchy stuff. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) <laughs> that's uh, yeah i mean that's that's pretty fun it's, it's interesting to see what what people gravitate to as as little people 
Yeah, definitely the phases happen. Yeah, like some of the stuff I'll be doing later, like I'm going to be working on a Christmas-themed EP. And that, like one of his favorite movies and music in kind of the Christmas movie realm is, uh, you know, the Danny Elfman, the Nightmare for Christmas stuff. Like he loves, what's this? What's this? And all the orchestral stuff. And he loved that the orchestral stuff from kind of the later rendition of the the Grinch. And like, it sounds very dramatic and like there's story, like there's a story built into it and he'd always, and he still does whenever he hears like moving kind of cinematic orchestral music, he's always like, daddy, what's happening? What's happening, daddy? What's happening? What's going on? What's happening? And I would always make up a story like we'd listen to it on repeat and I'd make up a new story or try to every time. And he'd be like, again, again, again. And so, <laughs> so I'm going to try to bring in more orchestral kind of cinematic elements for a Christmas thing I'll be doing later. But yeah, there's just like, it's just, it's just fun to see what stands out to him. Like he just, he likes hard hitting stuff. He likes the story. And he likes things that get him moving or get his imagination really going if there's like a chase or like some kind of conflict between a villain and like a superhero like he he loves he loves that kind of stuff so i'm gonna try to be building that in to things that i do next uh for sure and then it's also just it's fun for me to explore as well and, and stretch my my own composition and production skills to kind of venture out into new things so yeah just recently kind of out of nowhere, there was a surprise to me. Like he really loves, I don't even know how it came on necessarily, but he really loves the Pink Panther song. (laughs) Just like the old classic jazz rendition of it. You know, like no lyrics, just like, but he loves it because that song. That's an easy one to learn on piano. I've taught that one a lot. Yeah. 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 And he, he loves like the story of it and the, surprise hits and things like that um like there's just something about it captures his attention it's it's just kind of fun it's fun to see it's fun that you have this little muse this person who is in in, you know helping you figure (laughs) out what's what somebody would like to listen to of his age Mm -hmm. i mean honestly all the stuff you describe though adults like too what makes your what what differentiates your music from adult music why is it for kids yeah well um I think you're right. Like for me, like why I enjoy it so much and why it feels a lot different and very free and fun from my past endeavors trying to make it in music where I was trying to be serious and our band were trying to be sexy and mysterious and dark and thoughtful and like profound. Like there's a lot of pressure (laughs) with that, you know, like trying to be cool. But with this stuff, it's just like, I'm just trying to, get my son's head bobbing, get this hook stuck in his head so he's singing it on his own. Um, It's fun, and and it taps into my inner child as well, right? Like, there's no pressure. I'm not trying to make it. I'm not trying to be a rock star. I'm not trying to have people be like, oh, my God, those lyrics are so deep and so awesome. It's just, like, I'm singing about stuff like, phantom poop and don't put babies in baskets and trash like it's just fun silly stuff and it's just 
Like I'm just trying to get a response out of him and I'm just trying to come up with catchy earworm things that get stuck in anyone's head. So yeah, it's just like it's 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 fun. There's no pressure there. It's the topic and it's like <clears throat> this it's less heavy, you're saying. That's what makes it kids' music. Yeah, it's just free. It's just like tapping in your kid, like what's fun? What what are you noticing? What's a fun way to say this or look at that? You know, how can you be goofy or silly with the topic? Uh, it could be for adults, but um yeah, definitely. I mean, it could be. It produced like it could be just an adult <laughs> song, you know. Yeah. Which actually, again, a lot of children's music this day, these days, uh, especially independent children's music, is you know, mm-hmm. I've noticed a mm-hmm. shift away from the like uh, Glockenspiel and the yeah you know, kid voices as much and yeah. Um, and it's funny because interestingly, of all the corporate things, I, I think that Sesame Street has kind of been ahead of the curve in this oh, way. Yeah. From the get-go. Mm-hmm. I was watching an old Sesame Street again with my summer camp last year. And some of those songs are <laughs> just yeah. amazing. Yeah. They're there and they're just they should be for adults. They just are they're just silly, basically. That's the only difference. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I, I think that both you and I are trying to achieve kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also we're not the first ones doing this. You know, there have been people right. with the same theory as us about what children deserve to hear and what they can hear, you know, and, and mm-hmm. a lot of people I've been talking to on this podcast have said, you know, I'm not trying to talk down to kids. A lot of people around in this time period are making music. That's it's interesting. It's empowering, not in a way that's on the nose. It's empowering in that it kind of just intrinsically respects the yes. intelligence of the people, the little people listening. Exactly. And I, I see that in your music and I try to achieve that also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on. Like that's, perspective i'm coming from is like yeah how do i respect and empower this little guy's perspective and feelings like and just kind of approaching it with empathy and even just like stepping back and be like hey as adults like we don't we don't like we don't want to listen to music of someone telling us do this and eat your vegetables and do that and do this like we would be like we would turn that off for me. Like, don't tell me what to do. I'm I'm trying to listen to music. Like, I want to hear, <laughs> I want to hear about an experience I can relate to or tap into an emotion, or some kind of feeling or story that's authentic that I see a piece of my own story or feelings in. And so I was like, well, it's probably not any different here. Like, or they're like, let's they may want to tap into what they're like and feel and see as well. They just can't do it because they're one. <laughs> Are you, did you study early childhood development at all? Or you just kind of became a parent and just used your observation to inform this? Yeah. So my mom was a teacher. She's always, she still is. She's always been teaching and she was always putting on summer camps and creative kids activities uh, just creative things like around dinosaurs and building things and art and music. And my parents were really into music. My They met like through, like my dad was in a band. And so I grew up hearing everything, all sorts of music from rock to rap, not, not rap, rock to like jazz and blues and classical and pop and just every decade. And, 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 so I grew up with a deep appreciation for diversity of music and learned to guitar myself and just knew how important it was for my own development as um, 
a pre-adolescent and adolescent and all this stuff. And I was, I gave guitar lessons back in the day. And so I would teach young kids and pre-adolescents and teenagers and grownups and just saw how empowering it could be. Um, just the power of music and being creative and mastering skills. And then for uh, school, like I went to graduate school for psychology. And so I wasn't majoring in developmental psychology, but I focus on creativity and how to develop creativity and like that in adults and in the workplace. And a lot of it translates to how you do that with kids in different ways. And then a lot of the ways adults are kind of messed up with their creativity is because of things that happened when they were kids and how they were taught. And so kind of reverse engineered that. And um, yeah, just kind of approaching it from a from the perspective of parents where my wife and I were like, hey, how do we how do we help him be creative? How do we nurture his his empathy and his compassion, his curiosity and and help him, you know, feel comfortable being who he is and like how do we activate his strengths and 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 ignite his own creativity, right? Like and encourage that, like be very mindful about how we do that. So yeah, we've read a lot of books and just drawn from our own experiences and other stuff we've come across is just like part of our values uh, of how we're trying to raise our son. So do you put any of those values into your music? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like to me, it's like the music is about amplifying their confidence, their creativity, respecting like their energy and what they want and saying, yeah, I hear you. Like, you wanna, <laughs> you wanna rock. You wanna, you wanna get down. You wanna share what's on your mind. I hear you. A lot of my process is like I'll come up with these ideas based on our interactions, our experiences, how we're playing together. Something funny he says, something that he reacts to, that he thinks is funny, and we'll just come up with a lot of different ideas, play him something on my guitar or sing like a little melody or hook to him, see if he responds to it. If he doesn't respond to it, it's like, okay, that's not going to work next. <laughs> and then just as I'm producing and creating things, he'll come in, I'll play it for him, I'll get him on the mic so he's having fun pretending. Um, so it's a very interactive experience as well. So I can see what he's responding to, what he's liking. If he doesn't like something, he'll say it. I'll just be like, oh, I don't listen to that. Or like play something else. Or he'll just walk away and do something else. And so, yeah, it's definitely like respecting him as a little creative guy and just making sure like, hey, you know, if you feel a certain way, you can tell us, you know, be you, do you share what's on your mind. You can express yourself creatively and with compassion. And it sounds like fatherhood and parenthood suits you pretty well. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's, the, it's the best thing. It's the most rewarding thing. It's just so fun to be able to try to help this little guy and see what he's doing. 
and it's a lot of fun. You made a, a Father's Day song, right? Yeah, yeah. So a Father's Day song is called No Shirt Like My Daddy. And so it's basically like, a, it's, it's kind of like an NERD, like Pharrell, kind of hip hop, rock guitar, like a swagger song, like from the perspective of my son, like, yeah, I'm so cool. Like, I do the same things my dad does. No big deal. Like, I'm just like my dad, you know, like, I'm so cool. I'm <laughs> kind of like an anthem where it's all about, you know, your, your kids, they look up to you. They think you're the coolest dad or mom in the world, and they want to be just like you. My wife's always saying he's my little mini-me, and like, he just wants to be like me, and and we look the same and have the same sense of humor and all this stuff. And so it's just, yeah, it's just kind of a fun song like through the perspective of a little guy just like almost like bragging to his friends like, yeah, I'm I'm just like my daddy. Like, I'm so cool. And then the other kids being like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, me too. I'm really cool like my daddy. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I felt really cool like my dad also. I, I basically grew up and developed all his exact same interests. So <laughs> Nice. Now let's go ahead and listen to No Shirt Like My Daddy. A-D-D-Y. No shirt like my daddy No tees, no long sleeves like my daddy Just my box of briefs like my daddy That's how I sleep like my daddy Burgers I cook like my daddy Give your proud look like my daddy Love history or rap books like my daddy Create a catchy hook like my daddy My daddy, 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 my
That's my daddy. I love you. Love you. Can I play piano? This podcast is produced, mixed, and mastered by me, Camille Harris, from the Silly Jazz Band. We're under at the Silly Jazz Band on Instagram. And if you want to send us an email, our email is sillyjazzband at gmail.com. Have a great day. Bye.